Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You know, last year in Kansas City, we had 150 homicides. About 40% of those cases in Kansas City remain unsolved. Many are considered cold. A heartbreaking reality for dozens of Metro families. It was horrible. Each victim has a unique story in life and in death with friends, family, detectives, and prosecutors all fighting for justice. I have a lot of friends tell me that uh, it gets better. It don't. Yeah. It just, it'll never be the same. We're joining the case to get answers. This is Fox 4 Problem Solvers Crime Files, the podcast. I'm Kara Small. It was December 2014, a cold, wintry night three days before Christmas. Many of us were wrapping up, shopping, and preparing for holiday traditions. But the family of 36-year-old Chad Donaldson didn't have anything to celebrate. That December 22nd, just days before Christmas and weeks before his 37th birthday, Chad's mom and dad found themselves sitting at the hospital in the middle of the night, waiting. The doctor came out and said, his words were exactly, I don't want to give you false hope. He said that it sounded like they'd lost him on the operating table several times. And he said, we just stopped and we packed him. We didn't even close him back up. And if he's still alive tomorrow, and I don't think he will be, but if he is, we'll operate, you know, he'll have more, more surgery. Chad's mom, Jenny Donaldson, says their nightmare began with a startling knock on the door of her Belton home several hours earlier. At this point, Jenny and Chad's father, Craig, had split and moved on with their lives. Jenny and her significant other relocated to the south of the city of Belton, Missouri. It's close enough that you can almost be anywhere in the metro in under an hour, but far enough away that people living there don't have to deal with all of the big city problems. Except for that cold Sunday night in December of 2014. That knock at Jenny's door brought a devastating blow right to her front doorstep. I really thought it was Chad. He was living with us at the time. And when he left that evening um, to go do his running around, he said, I'm not sure where my house key is, so will you leave the door open for me? And I said, okay. And then I heard knocking on the door, and I thought, "Uh uh-oh, I didn't leave the door unlocked. And so I went to answer the door, and as I was opening it, I was saying, Chad, I'm so sorry. And then it was a police officer, and he told me that Chad had been shot. I asked for some details. I mean, like, where was he shot? He said, right down the street. And I said, no, where on his body? And he said, I just can't tell you that because of the investigation. But he said they've taken him to research hospital and they suggested that we get down there right away. And then while we were getting dressed, um, the phone rang again and it was research. And they too said, you just need to get down here. And I said, is he still alive? We can't tell you anything. That was so frustrating to me, you know, just 
knowing something horrible had happened and not knowing for sure, you know, exactly what, where he was, what he was doing, if he was okay or not. Jenny says it wasn't until hours later that they found out that someone shot Chad at a quick trip location less than three miles from his house. As soon as she heard that Chad was injured, she says the only thing on her mind was getting to her son. Thankfully, Jenny had someone to drive her five miles from her home to the hospital because she was in no shape to get behind the wheel. I remember the drive to the hospital felt like it was forever. You know, I was just like, drive faster, let's get there. Although Jenny was trying to get to the hospital as fast as possible, she says she wasn't prepared for what awaited her when she arrived. She also had to call Chad's father and try to explain what happened to their son. As soon as Craig Donaldson processed what Jenny was trying to tell him, he and his wife rushed to Belton and Chad's side. When we got to the hospital, we were greeted by a chaplain, and that was kind of yeah, yeah, dark, too. Um, but she said that he was still alive. He was in surgery. She had spoken with him briefly, and um, she said she's not a medical person. This was in the middle of the night, so there weren't wasn't a lot of staff around, I guess, but that the medical team would have to talk to us after they were finished with the surgery. So it was about a three and a half hour wait while he was in surgery, not knowing anything. At this point, Chad's parents still held on to some hope that their son might be okay. He made it to the hospital, and they knew he was conscious when he arrived because he could talk, and they met someone who actually spoke to him before he went into surgery. I'm great at denial, and I just, I don't know, somehow it wasn't even in my head that he was going to die. But when the doctor finally walked into the waiting room to tell Jenny and Craig, he painted a bleak picture. Chad's injuries were so severe, he'd crashed several times in the operating room. The doctor told them they would just have to wait and see, but that Chad was still alive, at least at that moment. The doctor said they're getting him settled in the ICU and they'll come in, out and get you as soon as they've got him settled. And then he left the room and he hadn't been out of the room more than five minutes yeah. when we heard code blue ICU, code blue ICU. And then we heard, I heard code blue and I told Jenny, I said, that's it. Then they came out and got us and we watched them as they performed CPR on him for about 30 minutes. Horrible. Yeah, I mean, it was. Part of me was still wanting to say me. stop. I've been through a lot in my life, but that, that's the worst thing that's ever happened in my life. You know, it's, it's indescribable. Chad Donaldson grew up in the Northland before moving to Belton. He was like a lot of kids in the Metro. He loved going to Worlds of Fun. He even worked there at one point. But Jenny says it was the outdoors where Chad really thrived. He was a nature freak. I mean, he was just always out there. That was when he was in his element from when he was a toddler, clear up, well, really through the end of his life. But uh, he loved to hunt mushrooms. He loved to hunt snakes and all kinds of reptiles. He loved wildlife and animals of all kinds. Chad's dad, Craig, shares story after story about their fishing trips. I can remember when he was a little bit, he just got interested because I went fishing. and. He learned everything about there was the fish. I mean, he knew every type of fish. He knew all the regulations on how many fish you could catch on a certain type of fish. He just he knew all the conservation laws and all that stuff about how much you could catch. And he was real good about knowing what to use for bait, what time of the year, and all that. I mean, he's, he always kept 
all of my equipment up and always worked on my reels. You could see the joy written on Craig's face as he talked about those memories. Oh, we had, we had a lot of fun down there. Jed, uh, he really got into it. I mean, he was a lot of fun to be around and stuff. And he, uh, like I said, he was always, he, he'd have down there at the Sarcy Creek on the river there, he'd have like five or six rods all up and down the things and rocks stuck in rock. And he'd, he'd get a bite when we clear down there and he'd be going over these rocks and say, man, be careful, because it's bad. I mean, it's, it's, you know, you could slip and fall and cut your head wide open or bust something. But. And his love of fishing isn't something that Chad kept to himself. According to his mom, he passed along his passion, teaching neighborhood kids to fish as he grew older. He um, had some single mother friends and he was kind of a father figure to a lot of those kids. And there was a group of about five or six kids that he took fishing on a pretty regular basis. And I know that after he died, they really missed him and still do. I still talk to sure. some of them. The fact that Chad made the effort to take a group of kids from the area fishing doesn't surprise anyone who knew him. It was just another nice thing to add to the list. One of many thoughtful gestures he'd made during his life. He's a gentle giant though, he's good hearted. He was a very outgoing um, kid. Everybody in the neighborhood knew him and loved him. Um, I know that a lot of the younger kids, he liked to take care of them. You know, he meet him at the bus stop and walk him home just to make sure they were safe. He just had a really good personality. Chad made friends easily, thanks to his sparkling personality. His parents say Chad always seemed to have people around him. What I thought was really remarkable, there were at least 10 people that told me Chad was my best friend. I mean, how many people have one or two best friends, much less 10, <laughs> you know? And, and I know that he cared every bit as much about them as they did about him. Um, he just really, he was just really special, you know, in that way. Um, he just had a compassion and, and a passion. Um, yeah, he was a people person and he also liked his alone times too, though. And Chad's parents say it was not odd for him to be out so late on a Sunday night. He was a night owl. Yeah. He was born that way and always stayed that way. So uh, like two in the morning, those were his hours. That's when he was up and happy and having fun. Plus, Chad was in Belton, a place where a lot of people feel safe. He'd gone to Quick Trip. Um, he um, was picking up some cash out of the ATM. Quick Trip is a place where a lot of people go at night. The chain is known for keeping its stores well lit and even having security in some places. Police have surveillance video of Chad inside the store on 58 Highway in Belton just minutes before he was shot. Keep in mind that the store is less than three miles from the house where he lived with his mom. So he decided to walk down the street of his neighborhood, an area he knew well. But it's also an area that apparently had some problems lurking. I didn't even realize that the neighborhood had a lot of drug activity and he got shot in front of a known drug house. So. They said it could have been a case of mistaken identity, but Chad was six foot three and he kind of walked hunched over a little bit and it'd be pretty hard to mistaken him for anyone else, yeah. I would think. I mean, you knew that was Chad walking up the street when you saw him coming. Jenny says Chad was at the quick trip using the ATM right before he was shot. But police say robbery wasn't the motive behind the shooting. What was it, drugs, mistaken identity? Did he have a fight with someone? 
If it wasn't a robbery, then why did a guy who everybody seemed to love and care for end up shot and calling 911 to get himself the help that he needed? The police say that they really don't know if it was a target thing, if he was targeted or, or if it was random. random. You know, though, I've thought about it a lot, of course. That's about all you can think about when something like this happens. But um, on one hand, um, I think it'd be worse if it turned out it was a friend or someone that Chad trusted. You know, on the other hand, thinking it was just a random thing that was a freak accident that never should have happened. Not that it ever should have happened if it was a friend, but you know, I mean, in some ways that'd make it worse. Chad's parents say he didn't have an enemy. It's something his dad says police have also realized. When he's talking to the detective, I don't remember which one it was, but I remember him saying that all the people he interviewed, nobody had anything bad to say about Chad. Mm -hmm. Nothing. All, everything was good. I mean, right. you know, that's what makes it really hard, you know. And that's one of the things that was most baffling because he didn't have any enemies. Chad's parents say they don't know if police have cleared all of the people that he knew. And they say there are some people that are trying to keep them up to date on the investigation. As they followed up with various friends of Chad's, uh, they've let me know if the police came out and talked to us today or, you know, we did this or that or the other. So it's the friends that are keeping me anyway up more on the investigation than what the police are. But I really do believe the police are working as hard as they can and they really do want to solve this case. That's one of the many things that's so heartbreaking about this case. Chad's parents say that he would have done anything for anybody. But police say the killer does not care. Police had told me, he said, you know, whoever did this doesn't care. They don't have a conscience. You know, it's not going to be anything like that. It'll just be someone else turning them in finally. I think the only thing that's going to help that is if uh, somebody gets arrested that knew what happened. And if they're in some kind of trouble, they're going to try to plea bargain to make it where they don't get in as much trouble if they tell maybe they know what happened to Chad and go ahead and give the details. Crime stoppers, how may I help you? Now it's up to you. There's a $4,000 reward being offered for information leading to an arrest in Chad's death. If you have any information, even if you think police have already heard it, please call the TIPS hotline at 816-474-TIPS. Email your tip to kccrimestoppers.com or send your tip through the Crime Stoppers app. You can download it at p3tips.com. If you have a tip about an unsolved crime that happened in Kansas City, Missouri, rewards are now up to $10,000. You can find other episodes of Crime Files on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, as well as fox4kc.com. Just search Crime Files. For Fox 4 Crime Files, I'm Kara Small. Good for